C.C. Michael, host of All Things Alberta, the podcast that knows that Alberta will be better off on our own, and we really don't care what people east of Saskatchewan thinks about it. Let's get after it. to all things Alberta welcome back it's been a uh, it, it feels like it's been a while but you've heard me say that um, umpteen times I think that's how the kids say it uh, it's been a while and so as you can see as I as I briefly announced on on YouTube yesterday that we we're going to have uh, a bit of a, a different look uh, a bit of a different show I guess as you could say um, that uh, as you can see we've got We've got new cameras, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. The last camera I had was was from 2007, and uh, it was terrible because everything was grainy and you couldn't see anything, and so you couldn't see this my face. But now these are these are Jared. These are high def cameras, are they? Yeah, like HD or something along those HD lines. HD or something along those lines. So uh, now you're you're getting. I don't know if it's close up, but it's close enough, right? Like they can see me clearly. That that's not necessarily a good thing. I get it. Uh, we do have a a brand new mic. It's a uh, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, it apparently even works. We were trying it yesterday, and we had just a heck of a time trying to figure out the uh, the logistic, but we got it going. And uh, and finally, the the change that I were listen when uh, this is show number twenty, I have been asking. Uh, my technical producer here, uh, Jared, to be on the show, to be more involved in the show. Uh, he has so far uh, until today, he refused to put his uh, face and uh, even name on anywhere near this thing. Uh, but he has graciously agreed to come because uh, because of the show improvement. So uh, as you can see, our our uh, no no more bookshelves. I, I think it's uh, it's too bad because I like being somewhat pretentious about how many books. I look very learned, although anyone who listens to me speak quickly knows that um, any idiot can have a bookload of a bookload of shelves, a shelves load of books, whatever it's called. See, so it doesn't really matter. So anyway, um, why did I bring Jared on the show? Uh, because Jared's going to attract the younger viewers. What what do you think? My generation is my favorite to insult. That's true. So if you uh, if you like being insulted, um, and you are in, what are you, Gen Z? I don't think I'm Gen Z. Yeah. Anyway, uh, way younger than me, but uh, he's the oldest cat that I've ever known. He's older than I am. He likes uh, 70s music. Is it 70s? Yeah, 60s and 70s. 60s and 70s music. I, I like some 70s stuff, but man, he's all over it. Uh, the bass guitar that you can maybe see beside me here, that's not mine, that's his. And so, uh, yeah. We are, are, can we call you a separatist though? Like this is a separatist show, I'm a separatist. Are you a separatist? Yeah, that works. That works for you? Yeah. Excellent. Okay, so um, here we are. I hope you like the new setup. Uh, I'm happy, I'm very happy that I have uh, Jared with me. He's, uh, he's going to uh, contribute to the show. This is not going to be a monologue, which is which is good because you listening to me for an hour on end is, uh, is enough for anyone to shut us off. The other thing that we wanted to talk about is, uh, as, as 
I announced it yesterday on YouTube alone. I didn't I didn't announce it on our podcast. So those of you listening on podcast are are uh, hearing this for the first time. Um, as many of you may know, we pulled the show off Twitter. Uh, I'm no longer on Twitter. CC Michael, you will not find me on Twitter. Uh, we moved our stuff over to Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R, and uh, and that was basically trying to move away from uh, the the uh, number of of restrictions and censorship and whatnot that that uh, Twitter does to uh, especially conservative voices. Um, and it's only going to be a matter of time till till uh, we are are in that same boat. So. Uh, we pulled from Twitter, and some people asked me why. Why did you leave Twitter? Why didn't you stay on Twitter and move your stuff over to Parler? And the point is, it's it's a matter of principle. You stay on one platform, you're supporting the platform. That that's kind of how it works. And so we decided yesterday that we were going to pull our stuff from YouTube. Our our older stuff will stay on YouTube, but. But from now on, all of our stuff is going to go to rumble.com, R-U-M-B-L-E, rumble.com. It's a new uh, platform for video. And we also discovered something that we're, we're hoping is going to improve. So those that l- listen on podcast, you're probably going to get the podcast at least 24 to 48 hours before those that like to watch on on video that are going to get it on Rumble because, and, and Jared being my technical guy maybe you could talk a little bit more about why this is but uh, there was a I'm, I'm uploading number 19 19 from uh, YouTube I'm also loading that on rumble I put that on yesterday it's still downloading and I thought YouTube was slow YouTube took six to eight hours rumbles taking it's almost 24 now and it's still not done so uh, why is that do you know why that is it's new. They're really low budget, so currently their servers are going to be quite slow unless they gain more popularity quick. So uh, let's move our stuff over to Rumble, and that way Rumble can gain more popularity, get more people, and uh, with that uh, money to improve. Although they Rumble declares that they've already gave out ten million dollars in in payments, right? Like uh, the monetization part, right? So I don't I don't know how it works. What I do know is that Rumble will not censor anybody. There's no censor- censorship on Rumble, except for, like, obviously you can't put uh, pornographic stuff on, on Rumble or, or anything like that, which is good. But the point of the matter is is when you look at uh, Google, who YouTube is YouTube's owned by Google, right? Yep. And so uh, when you go onto YouTube and you start punching in, it was a... Uh, it was a great uh, side-by-side screencast of, of a Google search. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's a Google search. It has Google on the left. It has Bing on the right, or maybe those were reversed. Anyway, they were side-by-side, and they each showed – it had to do with Joe Biden. Joe Biden uh, – so they punch in Joe Biden, and then they'd start another word. And the one on the Google side only had positive ones for Joe Biden. And – and Bing had a whole pile of, of suggestions, and and you could find you could find them all. So, long and short, Bing isn't isn't using the same uh, I don't know what you call them algorithms, whatever they use in order to censor certain certain things. I also noticed that uh, I teach a logic class, 
And in that logic class, uh, on one of the one of the assignments, I try to show both sides of the climate change argument, whether or not uh, a climate change is happening, b uh, if climate change is happening, what's causing it. And I started this class four years ago. And four years ago, you could have you could go onto YouTube and you could easily find a number of of uh, different opinions on both sides and and they were both scientific in nature you could find the quacks on both sides right like you, you could find the the what what's this what's that girl's name that uh, 17 year old darling of the environmentalists oh Greta Thunberg Thunberg likes to go around and you know because she's clearly a scientist and she knows what she's talking about you know I I don't know about you but I don't give any credence to somebody like that at all she doesn't know what she's talking about but YouTube used to have both sides of the argument uh, with a number of people on both sides presenting scientific facts and data. Today, you won't find that. Um, every year, I've had to replace the, the YouTube videos uh, in the course in order to show both sides uh, because the uh, side that showed the negative side, uh, the videos kept disappearing. Every year, they would disappear, and I'd have to look for new ones. Every year I've noticed that it's harder and harder to find one uh, to the point where this year I found one video. That was it. And I scrolled through lots of pages. I found one video. So clearly Google and YouTube are censoring certain uh, aspects. They're, they're censoring people. They're censoring, uh, as we've heard from numerous people, what's that? What's the name of the, is that doxed? What's that called when, when you start disappearing from from uh, platforms, or at least censored. your content censored, like content's getting censored and whatnot, and and the fact of the matter is that we don't want to be any part of that. We want to support those that are in favor of free speech. Uh, although it sounds like we'll have to look this up. I don't know if we're prepared to talk about it today, but Trudeau has introduced legislation to further censor uh, information on uh, the internet for Canadians. So, maybe we'll talk about that in a later day. However, it's not good. Uh, Rumble doesn't do that, so we are moving our stuff to Rumble. Hopefully, we can figure out how to get our stuff uploaded more quickly. So, I guess the other part of the show that we're changing is we're gonna we're trying to split our show up into uh, segments. So things like this of me rambling on for for an hour uh, doesn't happen, and so. Uh, we are a show about all things Alberta, so we want to start with all things Alberta. So here we go. Let's get after it. Let's do story number one. And as we started the show, or just before we started the show, we uh, I remembered a news story that Trudeau, our illustrious Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, was blaming Harper for something again. So I asked Jared to look it up. What did you find, Jared? Um, we have here uh, an article by The Wig. Uh, Sounds legit. Yeah, well, we have three. Um, so where is this? Currently, Trudeau is... Trudeau said it's Harper's budget cutting that left the agency short of money and cutting back on specific on scientific liaisons that would have led to an early warning on COVID-19 and better stockpiles of personal protective equipment. Right, and, and so <laughs> Trudeau blames Harper. When was the last year Harper was in, was in charge? 2015. Yeah. Five years ago, Trudeau is still blaming Stephen Harper for his massive failures. I honestly, 
for the life of me. I can't figure out how people still vote for this man. He is the most incompetent prime minister we've ever had. And that reminds me, when it when it comes to anything COVID-related, folks, I just finished this. Can they see it? Clear enough? Do I need to hold it up? There you go. We got it. This is Ezra Levant's little book. It's, I don't know, 89 pages long or something. 89 pages long. Uh, China virus. I'm not even sure you can find it. I did a search for this on my phone. I was trying to put it into my uh, my book library thing. Uh so I don't know if, if I just got fortunate. It was uh, it was printed by Amazon, uh, manufactured by Amazon.ca in Bolton, Ontario. Uh, what a great book. It doesn't make our illustrious prime minister look very smart. And the fact of the matter is, is that, I don't know, I'll just pull up the page here so I can show you. Um, Ezra Levant, this is on page 59. As you can see on the bottom, uh, this thing actually has footnotes. It, he's he's taken the time to show you exactly where you can find uh, the information that he's got in the book. So it's not just Ezra. If you're not a fan of Rebel News, whatever, I don't care. If you're not a fan of Ezra Levant, again, I don't care. Um, to attack Ezra Levant and Rebel News uh, with ad hominem argumentation isn't. It's a fallacious argumentation that goes back to that logic clause, right? You can attack the person, you can attack the organization and call them all the names you want. You still have to deal with the information that's provided. Ezra Levant has done an outstanding job of showing from places like the Calgary Herald, the Globe and Mail, uh, other areas when he's, when he's talking specifically about uh, what people have tweeted out. Uh, he's actually got the websites for that. So you can punch these in and you can see for yourself exactly what he's talking about. In this book, he goes through what happened with coronavirus, where it came from. He's got a timeline for both how the U.S. and Canada handled this. Uh, when we sent, our illustrious prime minister sent a bunch of uh, uh, personal PPE, essentially, over to China for free, who turned around and sold uh, garbage back to us. Uh, he absolutely bungled, mishandled the COVID-19 uh, crisis. Uh, what a joke. And for the fact that he's trying to blame Stephen Harper is is pathetic. A good enough word? It's pathetic. And to, to think that last we checked, 38%, what was the latest polls showing support for the for the Liberals? If you go to, uh, what's that called, 338.com or something, it, uh, there's, a, there's a latest poll number, and, and I'm just floored that our Prime Minister and the Liberal Party, who are the most useless people ever to govern any country, I think, uh, is, is still garnering something like 38% of, of the vote. It's absolutely astounding pathetic and uh, I, I don't know what it's going to take for people to wake up you have a number there I can't find 338 doesn't seem to exist but from CBC and uh, Politico it says that Trudeau still has approved uh, 35% at least 35% and last I checked I think it must have been on episode 19 or 18 or something uh, flabbergasting that that they were actually flirting with a majority which is absolutely insane.
And so uh, that brings us to, uh, well, what does that bring us to? Well, let's just talk about you, uh, the, the COVID while we've got it. Latest uh, COVID crisis, I guess, following areas, following countries have partial, either complete or partial lockdowns. So that includes the UK, France, Netherlands, Germany, Ireland. I do know that Ontario was making noise, Quebec was making noise about further lockdowns. Uh, this is, uh, man, the economy can't take much more of this. And you know what? I would like to have Corey Morgan is, uh, if you haven't checked out Corey Morgan, um, he's uh, works for the Western, what is the uh, that Western paper? It's an online paper, Western Standard. I think he uh, works for the Western Standard. He also has his own uh, podcast, uh, Core's Notes, I think it's called. But uh, he's been following the, the COVID-19 and how different areas, especially he's been following how Sweden's handled it. And, and I don't know, Sweden seems to be getting a bad rap from the mainstream media, but Corey Morgan has shown on more than one occasion that Sweden's numbers are way down, the death rates are way down, uh, that uh, they did not shut down their economy. They didn't do anything compared to what, what most of the rest of the world did, and uh, they have not suffered economically like the rest of us have. And yet, uh, there are still places like the UK and France and so forth and so on that are still locking down. I can't imagine what what it would do, especially to Alberta, Canada as a whole. I mean, we got Trudeau printing money like it's going out of style, uh, borrowing money by the by the absolute billions, it, and and then of course turning around and giving it away to to uh, any number of pet projects that he wants. But uh, it it's amazing. And uh, again, it just goes to show the incompetence of our, our, of our federal government, which is uh, beyond frustrating. Leading to Jason Kenney. Jason Kenney has responded to uh, a Facebook question from Albert. And he, he, every once in a while, I'll, I'll catch him on Facebook where he's, he's doing a, call it an open office, in which he's, he's taking questions. And, and I, I, for the most part, I appreciate those like for a leader to take the time and, and he does have uh, people that uh, that that send in questions that uh, are, are they're either setups or they're you can tell that they're NDP supporters when uh, when they ask their questions just by the way they're worded they're they're trying to uh, uh, make Kenny sound more incompetent than he is um, but in this this last one I saw this from uh, Jeff he is, uh, he won't call himself a separatist, but he's more of, uh, he's into autonomy. However, Albertans get more autonomy, that's what he wants. And uh, so I saw this from from him, and obviously he was a little frustrated. But uh, basically there was a there was a question on sovereignty from, we'll call him Joe Jane, Alberta, the way, the way uh, uh, Dave Bjorkman likes to refer to uh, Albertans, Joe Jane, Albertan. And... What's funny is that I know for a fact that C.W. Alexander, uh, the we'll call him a de facto leader of the of uh, Alberta for All um, organization, has tried to confront Kenny on a number of of occasions face to face. Kenny will not uh, engage. Jeff Rout has contacted Kenny, challenged Kenny publicly, 
more than once, Kenny will not respond, but Kenny suddenly has no problem talking to Joe Jane Alberta, where he uh, can just ramble on about the, the dribble of or the unwise uh, ideas uh, behind behind uh, Alberta separation. And the argumentation is beyond frustrating. If you're not on Facebook, wow, I don't know how can I how can I uh, uh, sum this up. Uh, Somewhere in the argument, other than just bringing it up, somewhere in the argument, uh, Kenny declares that 70% of Albertans are against uh, separation. Um, those numbers have been refuted. Jeff, in his post to Kenny, refutes that. The numbers are closer to, to uh, 55, and although that's not a majority, uh, there, is still, uh, there is still a significant difference between 70 and 55. Um, in it, he, he again talks about Alberta being landlocked. Like, there's nothing in Kenny's post uh, or response that that is, to me, it seems disingenuous at best, dishonest at worst. The idea that Alberta's landlocked and we would be in far more trouble economically uh, outside of Canada than inside is a joke. Uh, Jeff Rout is an economist. He has looked at these issues. Same with uh, Dave Bjorkman. An economist has seen uh, these issues. Alberta is far better off, far better off, if we would uh, leave Confederation, save the uh, $51 billion that we send to Ottawa every year, of which we don't even receive half of that back in services. So we lose a pile every year, and I mean a pile. What can Alberta do with that? Oh, that was that was one of the things that, that uh, was in Kenny's response was, uh, the debt, that the debt load, uh, Alberta's share of the debt load would cripple Alberta. That's such a joke. Um, again, thinking logically, if Trudeau and the Liberals keep spending money like drunken sailors, do you think that Alberta takes on more of that debt? Of course they do, except none of that money being spent is being spent in Alberta. It's all being spent in Central and Eastern Canada. So. We are taking on debt as Albertans. We're taking on debt of which we are receiving no benefit for it. So staying in Confederation doesn't make any sense. It doesn't help us. It, that's almost as dumb as Trudeau saying to uh, Joe Jane Public, who must be idiots if they actually believe this, where Trudeau says something uh, brilliant along the lines of, the Canadian government is taking on debt, so you don't have to. Do you think he actually believes that? Like, can Trudeau be that stupid? Like, I know he's not an intelligent man, but but does he... I, I don't even have words for how stupid that, that line of thinking is. Every dollar that goes into our debt uh, is paid for eventually by taxpayers. And it's not me that's going to pay for it. I'm... I'm middle-aged. I've only got a, a maybe if if God so blesses me with another three decades, that'd be that'd be great. But our debt load's going to go long beyond that. Guess who's going to pay for it? Jared, who's going to pay for it? I, I'm probably me. Yeah, you, your generation. I'm guessing your kids and maybe even your kids' kids. They're going to be paying for services. And, and programs and all sorts of stuff that 
that has nothing to do with them. They're paying uh, for services and programs that people today are using. How is that fair? It's unbelievably unfair, and I can't believe that that uh, people don't see that. So anyway, if you can find that, uh, go to Jeff Routes' Facebook post. Um, you'll see. Try to find the picture of Jason Kinney looking like he's just ate a ate an apple. He looks like he's. It's not. It's not an endearing picture. I'll put it that way. Anything else that you'd like to talk about with Alberta related? My friend, nothing I can think of. Nothing you can think of. Well, we'll uh, we'll pick that up next time. Then on the next show. All right, on to the next part of the program. This is things that bug me. So today we went out. I don't know if you can see this. Can they see this? Um, kind of. Kind of. Can they see it now? Yeah, that's a little easier. For those of you on podcast that uh, cannot see what I'm holding up here in the uh, HD cameras that we, we have, is this is a lug nut from a tire. I tried to change your tire. See, it snowed, and winter is here. And so I thought it would be great to, uh, well, let's change the oil in one of the cars. Let's change all the all the vehicles. We'll put the winter tires on. And uh, And I can always tell when I wasn't the last one to do this basic work. Because let's let's start with oil changes. It drives me crazy when you're trying to get an oil filter off and it won't come off. And then you start swearing to yourself because why isn't this thing coming off? How could I have been so stupid as to tighten it as, as tight as I did? And then it dawns on me. I wasn't the last one to tighten it. I sent it to the mechanic to get something else fixed. And I said, while you're there, could you, could you just give it an oil change? And so I kind of forget that, that uh, I, I got them to do that until I try to take off the oil filter. And, uh, and then it won't come off. And then you have to absolutely wreck stuff to get it off because it's so stupidly tight. Can you recall breaking what three wrenches last time? We uh, we broke. That's right. We broke at least two, trying to get one off. Yeah, we, we we broke two of our wrenches and then one of our neighbors. Right, and so we we still we still hold it. Yeah, we still. Get, we'll, we'll replace that we'll eventually. Replace that. Anyway, uh, and then and then today, uh, trying to take trying to take lug nuts off, and they were on so tight that they were starting to strip the lug nut, so I found a better fitting. Uh, I had to go to a socket set. I found a 17-millimeter socket set that, that seemed to work. Even then, I had to wrench on the... I had to get I had to get an extra... What do you call it? A snipe. I had to get an extra snipe to get extra leverage to, to peel this thing off. I finally got it off until I realized, as I undid it, I cannot get the lug nut out of the socket. I have tried, tried beating it. You can you can you can pound a, uh, a screwdriver or something in the end. Like I've tried everything. We have uh, we put this in vice grips and and not vice grips. What's that? Called? A table vice. Put in a table vice and beat the snot out. We can't get it out. What? Why did? Why do they do this? Why does it have to be on so tight? Obviously, because then you come back to get it off again. 
and pay $60 to get your tires swapped out, which any moron at home can do if they're not wrenched on so tight. It drives me mad. I can always tell when I go to the mechanics to get something done because when I try to do it myself afterwards, you can't do it, which enforce it enforces you, enforces you, it forces you to go back to them in order to uh, get it done again. Do you think that's done on purpose? Oh, obviously. It's just business. It's just business. Nothing personal. Nothing personal. All right. That's, uh, that's what bugs me today. Onward, our last part of the show. Um, this is called the equity moment of the show. Uh, Jared, we here are adopting, I don't know if you were aware, but we are adopting uh, the, the new thing. We're adopting the zeitgeist of the age. That zeitgeist is equity. We are in favor of equity. So what I want to do is I want to go through some examples. Should I prep the USSR national anthem for this? Oh, that would have been a great idea. Next time, we'll have we'll open this part of the show with the USSR's national anthem, the equity moment of the show. Uh, LeBron James is a big, big fan of Black Lives Matter. I don't know if you guys have have uh, read or or seen uh, what the ratings for the NBA finals were as, as I said was it last show I talked about uh, the fact I got rid of all of my sports stuff like when when sports stops being entertaining when sports starts to, to ram pol politicized topics down my throat when I don't want them uh, that that's when that's when sports stops being sports and uh, and that's when I turn it off NBA has apparently had like last year it was the Toronto Raptors against the Los, uh, the um, who did they play? The Golden State Warriors in the uh, in the final. Now I don't know if you're aware, but but anytime uh, the United States uh, with sports has a Canadian team in the finals, it usually mo most leagues don't like for especially TV ratings. Most leagues don't like Canadian teams being in the finals because. Most Americans switch off their TVs at that point, even for uh, popular sports like the NBA. Last year, I want to say they had an average viewer rating in the finals of 18.9 million. This year, they had the Los Angeles Lakers against the Miami Heat. Those are two major centers on opposite sides. You got a major one on the West Coast, a major one on the East Coast. And there should have been a lot of interest. You'd think that, especially after how many months of no sports because of COVID. And finally, uh, they start the playoffs. And in the finals, because of, I believe, because of all the politicizing, the Black Lives Matter stuff that was being rammed down people's throats. Yeah, that, the NBA played that terribly. They tried to push both. They did terrible with the China front and... Black Lives Matter and all of that. Exactly. And their ratings got hammered. So Los Angeles and Miami in the finals and their average uh, viewership was something like 5 million. That's horrible. That's absolutely horrible. And it's because of that politicizing of, 
of uh, you know Black Lives Matter. So you have uh, LeBron James and others who are all about uh, Black Lives Matter. Well, uh, we know if you go to Black Lives Matter, and we touched on this briefly a couple of shows ago, if you go to Black Lives Matter, you go to their organizational website, uh, they are a Marxist organization. They fully admit that they are a Marxist organization. What is the famous Marxist, uh, Marx, Karl Marx's most famous expression? The, uh, from each according to their ability to each according to their Exactly. Ability. So from each according to their ability to each according to their need. So uh, I'm, I'm a big, I'm, I'm a huge fan of equity. So uh, there, there's two numbers I want to uh, address here. Number one is um, Jared, Jared the fact checker. Oh, we got even lower. Turns out we found, a, I found the full list of their team. Oh, did you? Okay, so I want to start with this. How much did LeBron James make last year? Um, you mean 2019 and 2020 or 2020 and 2021? Uh, yeah, let's go with that one. Um, that would be, so he made 39200000 thousand. Thirty nine million. Or what was last year? I think, I think 1920 is the number we want. Uh, 19, 19, 2019 to 2020 would be 37.5 million. 37. So somewhere between 37 and 39. Okay. Who is the lowest paid on the team? Currently, J.R. Smith with 280,000. J.R. Smith, 280,000. Yep. Now, if, if LeBron James truly believes in Black Lives Matter in that organization, the Marxist organization, from each according to their ability to each according to their need. Um, I would I would argue that that in the name of equity, shouldn't LeBron James give half of his contract money over to J.R. Smith? You said, yeah. Poor J.R. Smith. Two hundred. What what is he making? Uh, two hundred eighty nine, eight hundred. That doesn't even seem like it's minimum wage for the NBA. Uh, according to this, it is minimum minimum salary. Minimum salary. And there are some other people on minimum salary, but with higher numbers as well. It says. Oh yeah. It looks like minimum salary varies depending on person. How very unequitable. How unequitable. That's very unequitable. I would argue that uh, put your money where your mouth is, LeBron James. Um, Maybe uh, maybe hand over your actually what would probably be most equitable is if they took their entire uh, amount of money that they've made as a team and, and pool it all together and divide it equally amongst all the players. That would be fair because the fact of the matter is that it doesn't matter if LeBron James is 10 times better than J.R. Smith. doesn't matter from each according to their ability to each according to their need. Well, where's the equity in that? Second thing I wanted to check, if you can check it out, is uh, what percentage of, of, we're just going to pick on the NBA, what percentage of NBA players did we find that are, are identify as black? I don't know if you can even say. How many are black? I'm, I'm so, going to refuse to say identify as, good. because that's dumb. How many are black? 81.1% of the players in the NBA are black. 81.1% of NBA players are black. Now, if we're talking about equity, then we should be looking at, uh, well, let's just take for simplicity's sake, uh, the NBA is predominantly all but one team are found in the United States. So let's just keep it strictly U.S. I think it would skew it 
further the wrong way if we included Canada in it. But uh, if we were to take the U.S., what percentage of the U.S. is is uh, Caucasian? White. That would be. Where was I had it pulled up like two seconds. There we go. Eighty, roughly eighty-five percent. No. No. Where no. was? It? Give me a second. I have it. Didn't you say sixty-five percent? That sounds better. Sixty-five percent. I want to say sixty-five percent. There of we the go. US. Uh, sixty-three. Sixty-three percent of the U.S. I, I actually opened the article. Oh, there you go. Sixty-three percent of the United States is white. Therefore, I would argue that uh, the NBA is not equitable in their treatment of of, uh, of white athletes, white basketball players versus versus black. Blacks make up, I believe, 13% of the U.S. population. So, therefore, if we're talking about equity, uh, shouldn't the NBA only have 13% of blacks, 63% white, and then and then fill in the rest for for the rest, right? That that would be true equity. Can't can't forget the 1.3% natives. 1.3% natives. So, uh, you know, there should be 1.3% natives in in the NBA. And apparently they need a uh, 1% self-identified race. There you go. So I don't know I don't know how you'd find that. But remember, from each according to their ability to each according to their needs. So it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter that uh, blacks predominantly seem to uh, to be the, the better basketball players than, than the whites. Um, in the name of equity, we need to solve this problem. So problem number one is... Uh, LeBron James, hand over half your your uh, salary. Actually, I, I would prefer to be way more equitable. Everybody, just pull your money together and then and then give it out so it's all even, Steven. And you can't forget the cross team comparison. It, it can, it's not just the LA Lakers. The entirety of the NBA needs to just pull their money and divide it up. Yeah, I would I would say that that is the most equitable. We can't have preferential cities. That would be terribly racist. Well, but then you could you could further split it down to each city, like each. Because I heard this, uh, somebody stupid from the Dallas Stars said that. Um, I, I believe it was the Dallas Stars. Uh, that'd be hockey for, for those of you that, that uh, may be uh, not familiar. Um, uh, they got themselves into hot water for sort of the same sort of idea. Each, each uh, team should look a little bit more like the demographics of their cities or something like that, which is, again... If I'm going to pay, remember when we went to the Oilers versus the Rangers and uh, spent all that money for front row seats, Edmonton's last year in the old Northlands Coliseum. Uh, We spent a lot of money and and we went to see the best athletes on the planet. And, you know, I know it wasn't very equitable because they... They didn't have the league wasn't made up of half women. Um, the league wasn't made up of of uh, I don't know midgets. Where were the midgets? Those poor small people. Where were they in this whole thing? The idea behind anything isn't to from each according to their ability to each according to their need. The fact of the matter is, well, I'm, I'm starting to preach capitalism. Uh-oh. That's not the point of this section. Terrible. Equity. It's the equity moment of the show. We need to. We need more white people in the NBA. And can't forget that we need we need the one gay black lesbian disabled midget. 
don't forget the one. I can't even repeat what you just said. So what he said, we need at least one in there somewhere because that's that's equity. All right. So now that we've solved that problem, uh, that's the show. You got anything to add before we sign off? We have covered our show. That's been episode 20, folks. We uh, plan on having more shows a little more often. They might be a little shorter because uh, Jared and I might not be all that bright enough to come up with uh, an hour-long program every day, but we'll uh, we'll work things out. We'll get her done. If you have any suggestions for the show, uh, you can get a hold of us on Parlor CC Michael on Parlor. You can also find us on Facebook, CC Michael on Facebook. And uh, what else are we on? Rumble. Leave a comment. Uh, I think we're, we're loading these shows up for the first time on Rumble. We'll see what it looks like. Uh, check Rumble out. It, it looks very good. And uh, that's our show. Oh, Gmail. ccmichael3520 at gmail.com is another way you can get a hold of us. Uh, if you've got anything to add for the show, please do so. We're always, uh, we're always open to suggestions or ideas. And, uh, yeah, keep it out of the rhubarb. Till next time. Thank mm-hmm. you.